best of times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today. Also, thanking those who might be listening via the internet at www.710keel.com. Also, thanking those who might be listening via the Radio Pup application or the Keel application on their Apple and Android devices. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn about fire prevention and fire safety. So, stay tuned to the show for some very beneficial and interesting information. It is Saturday, December the 28th, and we are broadcasting our radio show from the studio studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. I hope that everybody had a wonderful Christmas uh, with family and friends, and we did, the Caligas family did with all of my grandchildren and children and other friends uh, at our home. It was a fantastic Christmas and everybody had a wonderful time and assembling all those toys and items and, uh, and eating all that wonderful food. And, you know, now I'm looking forward to the new year to lose a little bit of that weight that I, that I picked up during that entire week of celebration for the Christmas holidays. And I want to wish everybody a wonderful start of the new year that's going to just take place in a few days from now. Be sure to pick up our January 2020 issue of The Best of Times at our 522 distribution locations. This issue will be on the stands at all these distribution locations on January the 2nd or January the 3rd. We thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. If you're unable to find a copy of our magazine, remember, you can visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine, as well as to view and download the current copy of the 2019 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory as well as to listen to previously broadcast radio shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Our friends at Nexus Holidays presents a remarkable 12-day Russian Volga River Cruise beginning on June the 25th to July the 7th. And many guided excursions are included in this, including seven stops that you can see and experience the culture, art, and history of Russia. This uh, this particular tour with cruise includes round-trip international economy airfare directly from Shreveport, Louisiana to Moscow, and also returning from from um, St. Petersburg to Shreveport at the conclusion of this particular 12-day cruise. It includes all port taxes, transfer of lugging, luggage, luggage handling, as well as all meals aboard the cruise ship. The total discounted cost for this uh, June 25th tour of Russia from Shreveport is only $3,399 per person. For more information, do call 240-328-8483. Again, that's 240 240- Three two eight eighty four eighty three. You can pick up the January issue, the best of times, to learn more about this about this cruise and to, and to contact to make your reservations on or before February the twenty fifth of two thousand twenty. We'll be right back with more information, but now I work with our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country, a Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. 
Jerry's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A Bear, stunning country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Uh, joining me on my radio show today is a special guest, is Mr. Derek Harris. He is a fire prevention officer with the fabulous Report Fire Department to discuss fire prevention and fire safety. Thank you, Derek, for joining us today. Yes, pleasure to be here. So what I wanted to emphasize to my listeners out there in radio land throughout the Arklatex and in Arkansas, I mean, excuse yeah, South East Arkansas and East Texas, we always have to educate people. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the department does that. you got to educate people to be aware fire is dangerous. Absolutely. We have uh, two people that are dedicated full-time to uh, public education uh, within the city of Shreveport. And that's important. I mean, we just want to, if we can just say one life, you've done your job, right? Absolutely. And um, given that we have a number of fires here, and we're actually in the season that we have more fires from October to February, it's very important that we get this message out and about why, fire safety. why during this time period? Well, it's, it, it, it's colder people begin to use uh, devices or, or appliances to heat the home. Uh, they begin to stay indoors more and cook. So uh, given that, um, they use fire more, so we end up having more fires. And, and we want them to do that safely and don't, don't get again in a, a bad scenario. We're going to talk about some of those things that they should concern about. I was shocked to read... 4,000 Americans die in fires on an annual basis, on an average. Wow. Absolutely. Given that it's 2019, we have so much technology, we often forget the basic things that we do, <laughs> that, such as the use of fire. And uh, we have fires. Uh, and what we found here in Shreveport is the kitchen, which is on average with the nation, is the number one place in the home that fires start. And and I was told before the show started, I, I was at a house one day when somebody was cooking something with major league grease. I don't know if it was bacon or something and caught on fire all of a sudden. But it got worse and worse and worse. And finally, we put the, put it out. Uh, the husband put it out. So I was that, you know, I, I was, as you said, it's the third leading cause of fire deaths is in the, in the cooking area. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, but. Today, I want to also emphasize those of us who are 65-year age or older tend to be a little bit more susceptible because we can't get out of that fire area as quickly as possible. We need to think think about it and think about those escape routes and think about these tips that you're going to talk about that you're going to talk about with us with us today. So let's talk first about. Well, I wanted to. I thought this was interesting, and I think you, we talked about it. Fire is fast. Absolutely. Um, I worked in operations for a number of years. And um, going into from the training and actually going into a, a actual house fire mm-hmm. um, was totally different. You know, as firefighters, if you think about it, from the time a person has a fire, they dial 911, the firefighters respond from that fire station or from an area that they're out and they get to your home. Uh, it could be a matter of minutes, five minutes, seven minutes. And um, oftentimes people don't realize that that fire can move within a number of minutes um they had uh the u.s fire administration had a video out where they dealt with uh, christmas trees Mm -hmm. live christmas trees in 45 seconds that entire living room was engulfed in flames wait a second 45 seconds 45 seconds oh so you can imagine a live christmas tree if it begins to dry out Mm -hmm. how combustible it can actually be so um 
two minutes uh, on average. But um, that's why it's so important to have a plan ahead of time. Well, let's, let's, you know, um, hopefully they had, didn't have too many of those particular incidents, but that's amazing. that, And so many people are getting it. They love that, that uh, Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. They've had their, they're putting up their Christmas tree. Of course, this, we're, we're airing this show after Christmas, but some people keep them up for a, a longer time, and they get more dry out and dry out. They're probably, if they're, they, they hold it off until um, mid-January, that's going to be a pretty dangerous scenario there absolutely when when you look at um live christmas trees um if it's not kept watered it can actually dry out so if you begin to see the needles begin to fall off uh it begins to turn brown those are signs that it's drying out so they recommend that if you buy a live christmas tree you should cut off at least a couple of inches from the bottom of that tree and place it in water and check it on a daily basis. On a daily basis. It does drink the water. Absolutely. It does, it does take the water. And, of course, depending on where you put that tree, I, I've been to people's homes where they put it right next to the fireplace. Next to the fireplace, next to a space heater. But that heat can radiate. It doesn't actually have to have a flame, but it can radiate from there and actually dry out everything from the Christmas tree to the sofa to the drapes. All of those things like that. Papers that are nearby. Anything that's combustible. And they might have that fireplace next to it. They open up the, the, the fire grate or whatever it's called. And one little ember come, jumps out and flies onto the tree. And it just takes a second for that thing to probably, if it's really dried up, to right there. Yes, sir. To quickly go. Uh, and the, the other thing, uh, people uh, mentioned to me that, you know, fire... When it engulfs a home, it also ma- makes it dark in there. The gases and right, it, it, most people don't even think about that. Yes, uh, the number one thing they, they've done studies in seventy five percent of people who die in fires die from that smoke. It's superheated gas. So in a real house fire, the more contents you have in your home, the hotter it will burn. On average. The fire can be reach up to about 800 degrees at the ceiling. Mm, so you wow. can imagine when we cook for the holidays or during the year, let's say we bake something in the oven at 450 degrees. Right. But 800 degrees That's at the ceiling. Toasty. That is good. So if you breathe in those, those superheated gases, they can sear the inside of your lungs. So... Seventy-five percent of the people who die in fires actually die from that smoke. It's very toxic. And uh, you know, you, you uh, we're going to talk about some tips here. It's uh, in, in case you get out, of the, you just don't walk out of the house. You crawl out, right? It, you get down low. As when I talked about eight hundred degrees at the ceiling, it's actually cooler at the floor area because those superheated gases they rise to the top they're actually lighter than air so they rise that's why we install smoke alarms on the ceiling rather than down <laughs> low so if we get down low and even as firefighters we're trained to go low and crawl into a fire and um, so if we can see under that smoke and actually it's cooler so it could be maybe like uh, 200 degrees even though it's uh, 800 degrees at the ceiling it could be 200 degrees at that floor area and it's a little bit better visibility too right yes sir uh, possibly so so let's talk about safety points that you brought up here smoke alarms how and you just mentioned one thing which i have been to some people's homes and they put the the, the smoke detector quite low and the reason given by the lady i can access it to change the battery 
Yes. That's one of the things we found is that <laughs> people actually want to be able to uh, operate the smoke alarm. And... Um, but at the end of the day, the smoke alarm is there to give you the early warning. So the higher, the better. So we actually say base your installation on the manufacturer's recommendations because if it's a listed product, it's been tested to make sure it'll function in that environment. So uh, putting it down at eye level is not a, a, a good thing. <laughs> and, you know, the, the change of the batteries, I was telling this uh, this mature lady, that she had put hers at eye level. I said, just ask one of your neighbors to help you, or you know, if, if, if a, a mm. police officer is in the area, ask him to come and help mm. you and change the battery once. She changes it once a year. And now, here at Shreveport, we had a battery change program. However, uh, with the t- growth in technology, now they offer ten-year batteries in those smoke alarms. I didn't so know that. Uh, that 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 battery change annually is really not necessary if you get a smoke alarm that has a ten-year battery. Most smoke alarms last on average for 10 years, um, whether, you know, you change the battery out uh, or it's a 10-year battery. So they last on average for 10 years. But when that battery actually goes out at the end of the 10 years, which it could go longer, uh, you best basically just throw it in the trash. So uh, that's the program that we have here in Shreveport. Now, all of the smoke alarms we install have a 10-year battery, which alleviates uh, the worry for changing that battery out. And with a simple broomstick or a mop stick, uh, a cane, you can test that smoke alarm that's on the ceiling. And that's important to test it every so often, right? Once a month is recommended. Once a month to test the smoke alarm. What What about uh, does the the Shreveport Fire Department have uh, the, the program to help people if they can't afford a smoke alarm? Yes, our program is free, so it doesn't matter. We don't check your income or anything like that. We uh, believe in uh, keeping the residents safe. To, to the point to where we will install smoke alarms in your home. All you have to do is live within the city limits of Shreveport. However, if you live outside of the city limits, the state fire marshal has a program and also the Red Cross has a program. And they're all free. So these are programs that you can take advantage of to make sure you and your family are safe. And it's a good, it's a great program. Everybody should have one or more in your house. Oh, that's another recommendation. Should they have more than one in a particular home? So if they uh, live in a multi-story home, uh, they should have one on each level. So if they have a basement, they should have one there. Uh, we recommend that um, you install them in the sleeping areas. We work off of the kitchen. Like I stated earlier, most fires happen in, a t- in the kitchen because of unattended cooking. So if a person, let's say, starts to cook and they get sleepy, um, that smoke alarm will set off before the smoke actually gets into that bedroom. So that's why we install it in the hallways outside of the sleeping areas. So do all of these, I, I didn't even know if mine, I think mine does both. Does it detect both carbon monoxide as well as uh, fire and smoke? The ones we install are only for smoke alarms. They do have some combination alarms out there. So they're a little bit more expensive, but the smoke alarms we install are strictly so for smoke. tell our listeners, what, what is the distinct advantage of getting a, a carbon monoxide? Why, why would that be important? Well, carbon monoxide is um, a colorless, odorless, tasteless gas. So the, the thing about carbon monoxide is it's incomplete. Uh, burning or not a clean process of burning. So it produces a, a, a lethal uh, gas that can actually be deadly. So um, with you not being able to detect it um, either by smelling it or seeing it, um, your body has to feel the symptoms. So depending on the leak 
uh, or the the level of carbon monoxide, uh, you know, it can be deadly. So that uh, alarm actually will uh, sample the air and alert you that you have that. So uh, carbon monoxide will, on the lower levels, might produce uh, fatigue, uh, nausea, vomiting, flu-like symptoms, things of that such. So it's a real emergency if you feel like you have those symptoms and uh, but you have to have a flame-producing uh, appliance in your home. So hot water heater, um, central heating unit, that's gas. So if everything is electric, it's not carbon monoxide. It's only and something you, that say so you might have a, a wood-burning fireplace, but the flue is stopped up and yes. something that yes. could generate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I hear a lot of people telling me they want to get both of them, but they don't un- think, understand why they have. But if they have all electric, they probably won't have anything burning in there. Mm-hmm. And the other, the other I, I couldn't believe this, but there have been some people lately, uh, definitely up north, that bring their barbecue pits inside the house and start cooking inside the house with their barbecue pits, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of carbon monoxide being generated there. Carbon monoxide. And, and even in the uh, fireplace, if that wood is not seasoned uh, properly, so uh, that can cause uh, an issue as well. Wow. Okay. The other safety tip uh, is regarding home escape plan. Mm-hmm. Everybody should have an escape plan, correct? Uh, yes, yes, it's, it's very critical. The smoke alarm is only one component of your home escape plan because all it will do is alert you, but it's up to you to have two ways out and uh, make sure that your entire family knows where to go to once they get outside to account for all of your family. And and they should, uh, I think there was something about touching the door. Yes, uh, we recommend that, you know, if they're in the bedroom, they should uh, get down low, fill that door with the back of their hand uh, because the back of your hand is more sensitive. And if that door um, feels hot, then that's an indication that you might have flames on the other side. So then you would get out through like a window or another door to, to the room. So it just depends. But at least two ways out. Okay, Derek, a, a question. I had a uh, one lady that told me that when she had a fire in her apartment complex, she went – she. <laughs> Sadly, didn't leave and went into the went to her bathroom and got in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. What, what do you say about that? Well, there are some ways you can shelter in place, but I wouldn't recommend getting in the bathtub. Um, um, I would recommend that you you know close the door to put a barrier in between you and those flames. Um, put some type of towel, wet towel or a uh, blanket. Uh, something to filter the smoke out and have a means to com- communicate with 911 to say, hey, I'm in this room in the home. Oh. We'll be right back with more information, but now I work with my sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Dunning Country at Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A Bears, Tending Country Ish Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas, and I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show as a special guest is Mr. Derek Harris, who is a fire prevention officer with the city of Shreveport, Louisiana's fire department. And he's discussing fire prevention and fire safety to help you out there, listeners, to have a more safe uh, 
New Year in 2020 and this uh, particular New Year's Eve day that's coming up pretty soon. So, Derek, that's speaking of New Year's Day, I feel for all our officials that have to work on that day, but there, that probably is a high incident day of lots of activity, probably fire. In your, in your 30 years, do you, do you say the same thing? Uh, yes, I, I've worked every holiday, every from Christmas to Thanksgiving to uh, New Year's. So, what's New the most Year's. frequent? What's the most? Well, I think it depends on uh, a lot of it depends on what station you work at, and uh, but you know we learned early on that emergencies can happen at any time, any day of the week. Uh, but we do see um, some fires uh, or uh, incidences of a fire more on certain days. So we have fireworks and some things okay, like that, that can fire. actually cause fires too, it, and also frying turkeys and and, and some other things. Well, like that's that. a good point. Fry, frying the turkey outside. Yes. Let's hopefully they do it correctly. The butane and all the other and outdoors, <laughs> outdoors. <laughs> but but fireworks. Yeah, I never th- you know I've heard some really serious things that have happened. They don't think about it. Yeah, that it could, that, that they're getting more sophisticated each and every year. I can remember when I was growing up many years ago, it wasn't that sophisticated with all these flares and bottle rockets that are like major cannon fires. You know, right? Absolutely. We we just recommend that, uh, especially if you have young children that have fireworks that they're supervised and that they're used uh, in, in the way that they're recommended. So if they should be placed on the ground, they should be placed on the ground. They should not be placed into glass uh, bottles and things like that that can cause shrapnel and cause injuries. And not in the carport. And, and not, not using and them in, you, you know, throwing them from your hand and, and things like that. So they do uh, on a national level. I haven't, I don't have the local uh, stats on that, but they do have some injuries that uh, can produce everything from injuries to your extremities uh, to, uh, you know, your eyes and things like that. So it's very serious. So supervision is is the key and and uh, common sense approach to use of fireworks. Well, Derek, the other thing is these fireworks could start fires within your property for your trees and et cetera. The the, the neighborhood could those bottle rockets could could ignite something, right? Yes, and they're they're, 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 they're not little small bottle rockets anymore. They're massive guys. Well, bottle rockets are not uh, allowed here in, in in the city limits. However. Um, you know, there could be an incident as to where they, they, they purchase the fireworks maybe uh, in another uh, city or where they sell them and, and bring them to the interest report. But just keep in mind that uh, the fireworks uh, can actually start fires beyond your property that mm-hmm. could cause damage and injuries and, uh, you know, such as property damage or injuries to a person in their property. And uh, there is some liability and, and uh, you know, some crimes associated with that. Well, I remember many years ago that I don't think it was in this report area that somebody had some fireworks display in the neighborhood in one of the whatever it was, um, you know, floral shells tipped over and fired into somebody's garage. Of course, he had his gas tanks mm-hmm. in his garage and they exploded. They caught on fire because they left them open and the fumes were there and in it, it made a fantastic explosion of cars, houses, and everything. It was sad. Yes, it, it's, it's and it just sad. took a few seconds for that to happen. And, and that's what we look at is, you know, if you look back at the behavior, we can find uh, an area where it had the behavior changed at that point that we can prevent uh, something. So if they used it properly or maybe the storage of gasoline or maybe the supervision that we can prevent those fires. So that's what we want to really do is to go back and look at some of the behavior. That's why we really 
analyze fires to find some common things that we can do to get the message out and stop that behavior or prevent uh, a fire. Going back to the home escape plan, I just thought we thought about that at break here, is what happens. I, I know many people that double lock their doors mm-hmm. with key, and hopefully they have the key somewhere they can get out of the door. They, they, bolt, they uh, deadbolt lock it. I can tell you the Caligas do it to mm-hmm. one a couple of their exit doors there, so I'd have to go and find the key, hopefully, to unlock it real quickly. Yes, uh, one 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 thing that we find uh, when it comes to uh, fires, and, and I spoke earlier about two ways out, is, uh, you know, crime. Uh, especially as you age, uh, maybe uh, you might not have uh, uh, the support network and, and, and things like that as far as family and, and friends. Uh, you're, you might have some mobility issues and things like that. But... Uh, just keep in mind that those burglar, bar, burglar bars and things like that, double locking that door, are very, um, they do their job. They're there to stop people from breaking into your home. However, they can actually delay or stop you from getting out. We looked at that stat earlier that said a fire can race through your home in a matter of minutes. So in a two-minute period, it can be very dark. It can be very hot. So given that uh, you might have some special needs and you're under pressure to uh, to get out, uh, you should ask yourself, can I get out? Do I have two ways out? Can those burglar bars stop me from getting out? So your plan starts long before the fire or the incident. So you can get a quick release device. You can get a thumb bolt, something like that that won't allow special knowledge or a key that can affect you, especially when you're in a panic situation. And likewise, the windows. They may have all these bars on these windows that it's going to be difficult for you to get out unless you know how to trip that to open up to get out. You can't throw a chair through it. Some people want to crash the window to get out real quickly. And we say, you know, on a regular basis, open those windows up, not just to air the house out, but to make sure that we can get them up because (laughs) with the humidity here in this area, we know that they can swell. Sometimes they're painted shut. Sometimes people nail windows shut. So uh, we just want to make sure that we can get out uh, by, you know, raising that window, unlocking it, raising that window and being able to get out, but also making sure that... um, that we don't break it out, and then we can get cut by all those jagged pieces of glass. And and likewise, you might have that other escape plan to get out of your house. It's hopefully you have two ways to get out. I, I can tell you that your your Shreveport Finest did a great – we had a particular file in one of the neighborhoods I was at, and they came to the front door, and that door was super bolted. But you all know that, that was there, the fire, so you had to get to the closest place to take out the fire, so you you busted down the door real quickly. You didn't yes. wait. You didn't wait for the key. Yeah, yes, you we, had to we, get we, we minutes. Minutes need to go. We understand the emergency situation. We have a number of tools, and we have a number of 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 of, of big people on the fire department, <laughs> men and women. Who wait can a second? Get it again. I, I mean, big, big is in, in in shape, and 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 and, and hey, they can go get it. So well, they, they should use a battering ram or something. <laughs> Don't they use their bodies to break through the door? Yeah. Be, there'd be some serious there. Okay, so you need to practice that. I mean, especially I'm telling you all my senior citizens and boomers out there practice it with the family members especially if you're you're alone and it happens you need to know what you need to do to, to get out of there for, for your for safety fire extinguishers i have more people asking me about fire extinguishers tell us a little bit about that well you know i, I teach classes on fire extinguishers all the time and one of the things that people um when i ask the question how long if i um 
use a fire extinguisher. It's, say it's a brand new uh, fire extinguisher. It's recently been serviced, and I use it until it's empty. And I ask that question, and they say five minutes, three minutes. But on average, the one in the home might last eight to ten seconds. That's all? Eight to ten seconds. So the analogy I use is if they were so effective, we <laughs> wouldn't have hydrants located throughout the city, 500 <laughs> gallons of water on the engine. We just have a couple of fire extinguishers in the back of the vehicle. So um, they are for small fires in one location. They can do a very good job for that small fire in that location. But we have to know the limitations of that fire extinguisher. So life is always the, uh, the uh, priority when it comes to uh, fires. So, Derek, if there, if a person's Christmas tree is catching on fire, their little fire extinguisher is probably not going to put that fire out. No, no. It, it, it Depending on, if, it, especially if it's a live Christmas tree, it might not. However, if you decide to use it, you should know how to use it and, and make sure that it's, it's the right fire extinguisher for the right fire. Have an exit to your back. That way, if the fire begins to grow, you can get out. You don't want to have that fire in between you and your way out. And and if it gets worse and worse, you just need to forget yeah. it. Yeah. Call 911, let the professionals come in and extinguish that fire. But tell them that there's... Uh, well, there's two different types of fires to use fire extinguishers, right? Well, um, the average fire extinguisher is an ABC fire extinguisher. Right. And ABC meaning the types of fires. So class A fires like an ordinary uh, combustible fire, wood, mm-hmm. paper, trash. Class B is flammable liquids like gasoline, motor oil, petroleum products. And class C is electrical. So um, now we say with electrical, you de-energize it first. And then you treat it like, um, you well, know, explain that. Air explain that. What's de-energizing? So meaning uh, like if you have, let's say, um, an electrical fire and it's in your home, if you shut the power off uh, to the circuit breaker, then that is de-energizing. Okay. Or you unplug it from the wall, that would de-energize it. And then you would fight it, that fire like a, a, a class A or B fire. But, but just don't let it keep there crackling and keep the power going to it. Keep Hopefully the, the circuit through. breaker or mm-hmm. the fuse will blow, but sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't, right? Yeah, sometimes it doesn't. Everybody's home is designed or built differently, different years when the codes were different. And, you know, some people still have fuse boxes. Some people have uh, circuit breakers. Uh, so um, just keep that in mind. Your home might be different. Okay. I, I had a listener that, uh, that told me that her fire extinguisher or she has several uh, cartons of baking soda, mm-hmm. and that she had ready in case the fire goes. She's just going to toss these, open up these things, and toss it on the fire. Hopefully, it's going to put it out. Will that work? Well, uh, it, it could, depending on uh, the, <laughs> the type of fire. Grease fires is the number one fires uh, that we find in the kitchen. Is grease fires and baking soda has been effective on the uh, the grease fire. However. Uh, sometimes you might have to get close enough to expose yourself to the fire. So what we tell people is when you're kick, uh, cooking in the kitchen, be aware of what you're wearing because if you have maybe like a robe on with uh, the the sleeves that they can actually, uh, you know, get close enough to where you can actually catch on fire. So in that case, we know the, you know, the old saying, stop, drop, and roll is, is very right. effective in that case rather than running. So... Um we're going to talk a little bit in a second about kitchen fire safety, but I will mention that several years ago, I bet about two or three years ago, I bought some under-the-hood 
automatic fire extinguishers. They like dangle from the hood, and they have like some heat sensitive. And whatever, if the flames get up high and it touches a little area, it releases something, releases mm-hmm. a powder that puts out the whole area. So those are called fire stops, um, and, and they actually have a fuse on the on them. So it's, they work kind of like a uh, firework. And that if you have a fire on the kitchen, and uh, they're positioned over uh, uh, the the areas where the flames come out, it'll ignite that that fuse, and then out will drop that agent, which a lot of times is uh, it's a mixture of baking soda and some things that are effective with smothering out that fire. And I don't see those too often being sold. Maybe Walmart and other places have it, but I I don't remember where I got mine. But I, uh, somebody yeah. came to my house and looked underneath for some reason and said, "What's that?" And I told them what it was. I said, "Oh, I'm going to get one of those." Yeah. I didn't know where to tell them to get it. Yeah, they they set them out at a number of places. We we don't recommend um, one place. All we recommend is that they're a UL listed or some type of listed product. However, I recently saw an article uh, that. Um, that they're looking into uh, those uh, that um, I know some years have there have been a recall on some, so um, so I mean, we're in the process of looking into that. That that they don't work or they're 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 um, they takes a lot of fire flame before it kicks the little fuse on. Or? So uh, you know sometimes with a recall, especially if they have a fire, what they do is they look at it like if it's an appliance or the fire stop, and uh, they'll check that appliance or that. Uh, and they'll look at the number of fires, and they'll look at how did it work. Did it start the fire? Did it activate? And after they get so many complaints, they begin to recall it. Oh, okay. Okay, so let's, let's um, one one other aspect. How often should a person, if they're going to have that eight-second fire extinguisher at their home, which, wait a second, I have a fire extinguisher, uh, I don't know how many feet it is, about mm-hmm. two of them in the house, about this big. I change them every couple of years. Mm-hmm. They only last eight seconds. I've never used it before. I don't think yeah. I've ever. I've, I've never tested. I never used one. But I've got it there in case I need it in two places, upstairs and downstairs. So it only last eight seconds. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Depending on the size, some might go up to ten, fifteen, or twenty seconds, or thirty seconds. They have larger size. They have all different sizes of fire extinguishers. But I was scared to try it, Derek, because I said, as soon as I try it, I can't use it again. That's what? right. It's a one-time one-time use. One-time use, right? one-time use it has to be recharged. So it's pressurized, given that. Sometimes over time, it can uh, that pressure can leak out. So they recommend from time to time pick it up and kind of move it around, shake it up to keep that agent uh, from settling at the bottom. We'll be right back with more information. But now, our more sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Kaligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A-Bears, Tenant Country Ifs Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest is Derek Harris with the uh, Fire Prevention Officer with the Shreveport Fire Department. And he's discussing fire prevention and fire safety. Thank you, Derek, for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. So, regarding kitchen fire safety, let's tell our listeners a little bit about that. Uh, we find that uh, the kitchen is the number one home place in the home that fires start, and unattended cooking is the number one reason. Unattended cooking, good point. With the hustle and bustle of life, and and uh, you know social media and phone calls and just everything, people begin to uh, to cook and they leave the kitchen. 
and oftentimes they forget that they're cooking. Especially, you know, if, if, if you're uh, on some type of medication that might make you sleepy or you're coming home after a late day of work and you're tired, um, you can easily start to cook, leave that kitchen, and before you know it, that fire can happen and then you're in a situation. Wow. Then then think about that. So you got to be attentive about what you put on the stove and just remember, jog your memory. Hopefully, if you don't have a, a memory lapse here, putting something down to remind that you have something on the stove or in the oven. Uh, yes. And, and you know, um, stay in the kitchen while you're cooking. You can have a timer. Uh, we Number one, we recommend you stay in the kitchen, but uh, you know, a timer is effective. But um, the number one thing that we have, uh, we see, is that people want us to put smoke alarms in the kitchen. And it's not recommended to have a smoke alarm in the kitchen because they give off nuisance alarms. Oh. Meaning that, yeah, people are in the home and they hear the smoke alarm go off all the time. So it's kind of, kind of like the boy who cried wolf. Eventually, when it is going off for real, people don't respond because they've heard it go off so many times when people are cooking. So uh, that's the that's that's one uh, major thing is don't put a smoke alarm in the kitchen. Or, but if you have it nearby and you're cooking bacon, which is smoking, hopefully you have an exhaust that you can let it suck some of the exhaust fumes out of there. Exhaust, and some of them have actually a hush button on that smoke alarm that, you know, in the past we had to fan the smoke alarm and uh all of that. Now you can simply push the hush button and it'll make it stop. So with the exhaust and the hush button, you won't hear all that noise. (laughs) That's great. Grease fires, that's one of a critical factor, right? Yes, uh, grease can hook, uh, can uh, heat up really fast, and um, and it can ignite. It once it reaches a certain temperature, it it will ignite. And um, so, and a clean kitchen is a safe kitchen. It, you know, um, sometimes we have those grease vapors that build up, and they're coating the walls and and things like that. So, if you do have a fire on that stovetop, and the walls are coated with grease, then it can easily uh, spread to those walls. So. And let's use some and also some common sense. I was at somebody's home visiting, and they had some uh, um, a, a gallon of gasoline inside of the kitchen they were using at the clean stuff with. Oh wow! And I said, "Well, this is an accident ready to happen. Why do you why are you doing it here? It's convenient rather than go outside and use the use the gasoline to clean, right? Yeah, and, you know we find you know. Um, I remember uh, they used to say put butter on on a burn and things Uh like that. And uh, it sounded good back at the time. But, you know, now that um, I'm in the fire service and I also, even though I'm a fire prevention officer, I'm a paramedic as well, I know that 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 butter actually will promote infection and it's not very effective. So uh, you might have grown up in a house where they said, hey, you can clean things with that gasoline, but that also produces vapors that can ignite. So it can be very dangerous. Quickly ignite. Uh, one thing about microwave fires, you don't hear too much about that. I, at least I don't hear too many people. A lot of fires are caused inside the microwave? Yes, uh, they're not designed for uh, metal objects and, okay. and things like that. And then at some t- point, they can heat up to the point to where they can uh, cause uh, fires in there. So uh, what we recommend is that just keep the door closed. You know, turn off the, uh, the appliance, keep the door closed, and it'll smother that fire out. Fire actually needs oxygen in order to survive. So uh, one of the ways that we extinguish fires is by taking away that oxygen. So if that door is closed, it will consume the oxygen that's within inside of that microwave. And once it has no more oxygen, it will die out. Space heaters, major problem, right? Absolutely. Space heaters are one of those things that it's just like the name indicates. 
a space heater needs space. <laughs> and and uh, we recommend three feet in all directions around that space heater. Um, there are various types of space heaters, and not all are, are the same. Some are designed to only heat up maybe 150 square feet. Some designed to heat more. So they're not designed to heat an entire home. Uh, it should have uh, it should be a no play zone. Uh, keep pets, uh, children away from it, and also uh, make sure that it has uh, automatic shutoff in case it tips over or something like that. And, and what about I, I hear people using their space heaters to dry towels? Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. very bad, huh? Yeah, uh, and, and put and clothes I, on there to dry I, the clothes quickly enough, it's like a, I, a portable I, dryer. Yeah. I, I've, I grew up in a home to where you know we did that, you know, and. Um, and now that I know better, I do better. Um, <laughs> it can dry those clothes out, but actually, you're actually um, uh, taking something that's combustible that can catch fire. And, you know, and, and depending on where the clothing comes from, it could be flammable. You know, uh, here in the U.S., we have more regulations, so uh, sometimes people go on cruises and other things, and they they bring in those clothes, and and uh, if it heats up, you know, it it, it could cause a fire really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, what what about the aspect of a fireplace? I mean, more and more people are getting fireplaces, especially in an area of both both wood and gas starting. Any mm-hmm. any suggestions about uh, safety there? Um, the the main thing is, is know your fireplace, know how it operates. Um, you know, if if you're not familiar with it, you need to get, especially before you use it, get to know the fireplace, know what a flue is, know how to uh, to light it, know how to uh, to regulate the temperature on it, uh, whether it uses um, gas or or uh, real wood. Um, one of the things is like with seasoned wood, it 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 dries out over a certain period of time, so it's it's it burns cleaner. Uh, they have um, if you leave it out, especially in the rain, it'll reabsorb some of that water, which can actually uh, produce uh, some burning that's not clean and produce some of those things like carbon monoxide. And if that flue is not open, those hmm. vapors can come inside of the home. So we wanted to get out rather than coming inside of the home. So a lot of it is just knowledge on how to use it and make sure that you're burning the right things within that fireplace. Well, the, the problem well, I've seen of some people that don't have, um, that have wood-burning fireplaces is once they start the fire, they forget the flues. The yes. flue is closed. And they, it's difficult to get in there to open the dude because... Uh, it just yeah. started, and they yes. are, they had kindling, or they had something to, to use one of those fire starter, whatever they call them. Yeah, they have artificial logs. And artificial like logs, yes, and it sir. starts up real quickly, and it, the, the flu starts it starts backing up. So they're quickly trying to open that flu up real quick. What a, what about electrical fire safety? I mean, I know the the major things that I keep telling, reminding uh, mature adults that I go by to visit. You have too many things plugged into the extension cord or the outlet on the wall, right? Yeah, like you, ten things. You have two outlets, so uh, it's not designed for twenty uh, uh, appliances. So uh, we recommend, um, you know, if you plug something in, if you see your lights flicker or it trips a breaker, that's a sign that you you need to get it checked out by someone who's licensed. 
not you know somebody who just you know used to work at a, an electrical store, but somebody who's <laughs> licensed to do that work. Um, but uh, electrical fires can be can happen, uh, but we just need to be very careful. Like we said, when we see the signs that something is wrong, let's act on it and get it checked out. And, and the other aspect is the cords. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've been to people's homes uh, of all shapes, sizes, and ethnicities and, and and income bracket. They have cords going everywhere. At night, they're going to trip on The lamp's going to pull down. Something's going to cause a major problem. So uh, they yeah, need to be so. concerned about that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us today. We learned a lot. Hopefully, we can save a few people out there from having a critical fire or, or uh, hurting a particular loved one. So, again, thank you for joining us today on The Best of Times. Thank you. We'll be right back with more information, but now work for our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You'll listen to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Jerry's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel. Thank you for listening to our show today. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. Best wishes to you and your family for a happy new year. I'm Gary Kaligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Best of Times on 710 Keel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for the best of times. This is News Radio 710 Keel, K E E L, Shreveport Bossier.